The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. So I went over, typed in Beekeeping Dallas into my computer and up pulled North Dallas Honey Company. So I called this guy and I said, hey, can I buy a beehive from you? And he said, sure. So we live in a little apartment. So I called my parents. I said, can I put a beehive in your backyard? <laughs> they were like, really? Nathan Sheets was one of the driving forces behind the global I Am Second media campaign. He has journeyed over 100 mission trips around the world. Next on Life Today, hear how he's making an impact on lives through Nature Nate's Honey. such a joy to be able to share this time with you. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I welcome you to life today. I got a big grin on my face. I'm holding some uh, raw and filtered honey. And, and because I've eaten this, this is not pretty good honey. This is like, Very it's a, good. yeah, it's exceptional. It's <laughs> nature <best>. nates. Yeah, <laughs> nature nates, natural honey. And you can get it anywhere. And uh, the owner of this company who produced the biggest uh, honey company, let's say, in the world, <laughs> is Nathan Sheets. And uh, he's called Nature Nate. Would you welcome Nature Nate, <laughs> Nathan Sheets, to life today? Nathan, <laughs> uh, thank you. I love you, you, your wife and one of your children up here. Sam is here. Patty's here. They're just a beautiful mom and son. And you got three other kids. Uh, I just love this honey. And the thing I like about you, though, is you are just a witness for Christ. I mean, you brought all this stuff in here to you witness it. <laughs> and you, you helped uh, launch uh, I'm Second, which I know Norm Miller, Interstate Batteries. Yep. Probably everybody in the world ought to have an interstate battery. Amen. And they don't just make car batteries. They make all kind of batteries. <laughs> and Norm wants everyone to know the Lord. Everybody. Right? I'm second. Tell, just give us a real capsule of I'm second. What, what did you all want to, to come back? Because you used great testimonies of people acknowledging their, their second. Yeah, so Norm called me up. Uh, he was actually he was sitting out back behind his house. He was about turned 70, and he was having a time with the Lord, and he was just saying, God, what do you want me to do? I've got a, you know X number of years left in my life. And he just felt like the Lord just asked him, have you ever gone for broke and you're in Jerusalem? And he had funded the Jesus film campaigns in Russia and other countries like that. And so he's telling me this on the phone. And, and he says, you know, Nathan, if I was going to sell more batteries, um, I would do a media campaign. And I'd probably use a celebrity. And then he said to me, we need to make Jesus as famous as Tony Romo. <laughs> and as, and as soon as he said that, the Lord just dropped this billboard in my head. And I said, all right, Norm, imagine you're driving down the tollway and you see this billboard. It's got Nir Dirk Nowinski on it. Now, Dirk's the man. He's number one, right? And I said, but this billboard says, I am second. It drives you to the website, imsecond.com, and you watch Dirk's video testimony, and we share the gospel, and then we hook you up into a local church. And Norm said, okay, let's get together and talk about that next week. <laughs> so I hung the phone up, and Adam Leidig, uh, who was our creative director at E3 at the time, Adam looked at me and said, dude, that's huge. And I said, good, we got a week to figure out what it looks like. And so Adam literally walked out of my office, came back with a white piece of paper, and wrote, I am second. And, uh, and that's the logo that's there today. So we put together a media campaign, went over and showed it to Norm. And Norm looked at it and said, great, go put together a media campaign. We are like, that's what we just did. So we went away, put together a few more slides, came back uh, you know, about a week later, and 
and showed it to him. He said, all right, I'm in. I'll give you three million bucks. Praise and, the Lord. And that was in uh, uh, March of 2008. And so we, uh, Stephen Baldwin was the first video that we did. And then we did Brian Head Welch from Corn. And He's oh right my goodness. He, he went over tremendous. Oh, yeah. Sitting where you're sitting and had his little daughter out here. He is and remarkable. I mean, oh, it's, it's I mean, he's a visual story. freak, yeah. but man, he is yeah. awesome. Yeah, and so right. we did uh, Welch's. It just kind of set this trajectory uh, for the, the uh, campaign. And we launched December 2nd of, of uh, 1998. And no one knew who did it. We just had all these billboards around Dallas Fort Worth that just said, I am second. And they were draped. And we pulled them off, pulled the drapes off uh, December 2nd, and it just blew up. It was remarkable. It was so obvious that it was God's deal. And, uh, and so over the next three months, uh, we were tracking it through Google Analytics, and it went to about 110 countries around the world. And the only place we ever advertised was in Dallas Fort Worth. That's so, great. Wow. Okay, now wow. let's talk honey a minute. All right. Because these bees do things the way God likes things that. <laughs> And you do it for, okay, how'd you get into this? You know, um, I never in the world would have thought that, you know, my entire life would be provided for by a bee. <laughs> so uh, right after I got married to my lovely wife, Daddy Sheets up there, you know, she, uh, we had been married and she said, hey, we need a hobby together. And I had a small ad agency at the time. She was teaching school. And I was thinking, okay, hobby. And I was watching TV one night and this commercial came on, had a lady in a bee suit. And it said, you can find anything on the internet. And I always loved honey. I was like, huh. So I went over, typed in beekeeping Dallas into my computer and up pulled North Dallas Honey Company. So I called this guy and I said, hey, can I buy a beehive from you? And he said, sure. So we live in a little apartment. So I called my parents. I said, can I put a beehive in your backyard? <laughs> they were like, really? And so, uh, but man, I fell in love with it. And so the gentleman that I bought the beehive from, it started the honey company in 1972. He had 100 beehives here in Dallas, Fort Worth and was in about 20 grocery stores. So I started helping him work his bees on the weekend. It was just fascinating. And I always say, if you don't believe in God, become a beekeeper. Just to, the way God created Amazing. bees is remarkable. Um, and then he had cancer and couldn't get around very well. He was about 75. So I started getting up four o'clock in the morning before I go to work and I'd go put the honey on the shelves for him. And then um, I started going down to his house at night. Patty and I did both. We'd go down there and bottle the honey and put the cap on, put the label on, put it in the box, put the box in the car. And, um, and we did that. And then in uh, the middle of, of the summer of 1997, he said, hey, why don't you buy the honey company? And I'm thinking, why would I buy a honey company? So I, I was talking to my dad about it. My dad said, son, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. <laughs> so <laughs> and so uh, September 11th, so we're coming up on our 20th year, uh, September 11th, 1997, we bought that honey company. And, uh, and then three months later, I wound up going into full-time ministry and had the honey company. I, bought, I didn't buy the bee side of the business. I bought the bottling side, the shelf space. And so I hired a beekeeper to bottle the honey and then I hired a distributor to put it on the shelf. But that was the model that we had really for the next 12 years when I was in full-time Christian ministry. Okay, so now though you're doing the honey and you've got the most honey going out there, you can get it everywhere. And uh, you know, I, I, I'll be sure you have my address. So you can keep it for <laughs> here's, here's, here's the deal. It's now. available <laughs> at all your grocery yeah, stores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice, you know, you know you're loved, okay? Okay, here's the deal. you got all this stuff sitting here. Yeah. And, and show, show us the little box yeah, here. So because you've, is, you've just come back from the Amazon, you've come back from Brazil, you went down there witnessing, you just go everywhere trying to win people to Christ. And so what comes in through here goes into missions. You're supporting outreaches all over the world because you want people to know Christ. Yeah, so um, I'll back up even into the story, you know, because I told the B side of the story, but the, right. the spiritual developmental side of me. Um, so when Patty and I got married, gone through evangelism explosion, I go to Prestonwood with your buddy Jack Graham. Right. And so Jack would challenge everybody in the church, go through EE, which is a class that teaches you how to go share the gospel. And you actually go out and 
knock on <laughs> doors, you know, do door-to-door -door evangelism. Dr. Kennedy's been my guest. We're buddies. We both okay. believe in evangelism. So, uh, so, that, so he's in heaven now looking down <laughs> and encouraging us. Right. So through that, I had the opportunity to lead the first person to Lord, one of my advertising clients. And so I was so excited that I became a trainer the following year. And, uh, and so Sunday afternoon, about 3 o'clock, the class, first class was going to be that night. And I started thinking about that class. We're actually going to go out and knock on doors. And I started feeling this stress come into my neck and realize <laughs> there was always a buffer between me and that door. And that was the trainer. And now I'm the trainer. And I just, man, speeding, sweat. And so I met the guy and the girl on my team and uh, that first night. And I said, you know what? We're going to get to know each other tonight. And uh, we'll go out next Sunday, which is fine. First class. Next Sunday comes, same sweat, same stress. And I get with him. I said, we're going to role play tonight. <laughs> and I'll never forget the guy said, I thought we were supposed to do evangelism in this class. I said, bro, lay off me. We'll get there. <laughs> and so the next morning, I'm in my office, and literally, I'm on my knees. I have my Bible open, and I'm crying out to the Lord. And I said, God, you've got to help me get over this fear about doing door-to-door -door evangelism. <laughs> and it was louder than audible. God said, go on a mission trip. And so uh, my wife and I had supported a couple people on staff at E3 Partners, and I read in this guy's newsletter that he's going to Columbia in two weeks. And so I got up off the floor, called him, and he said his trip got canceled, but this other guy named Mike Downey was going to Valencia, Venezuela on Friday. This is Monday. So I don't have money, passport, <laughs> shots, you know, airline ticket, nothing. But four days later, I was in Valencia, uh, Venezuela, doing what? <laughs> Knocking on doors, doing door-to-door -door evangelism. And so we saw about 35 people accept Christ that week, playing a new church in this village. And I came back, man, I was on fire. And we saw three people accept Christ the first night out with our EE team. And so God really used the tool of evangelism explosion in my life to equip me, to give me the courage and boldness and, and, and a tool to go out and share the gospel. And so, you know, it was through that trip that I went on with E3. I started doing volunteer work pro bono with them in, the, in that summer of 96 and then, or 97. And then I was challenged to come on staff full time and, and at the fall of, of 97. And so here I just bought the honey company, shut down our little advertising agency that we had, started raising support and we went on staff full time in, in 1998. And so um, about a year later, we had just come back from Haiti and uh, we were doing a mission trip down there. And I had this cube that I think it had cigarette advertising on it or something like that. And so we're sitting in my office and flipping it. And this guy, Jim White, and I were looking at these pictures of a guy on staff who was with a bunch of illiterate Haitians showing poster boards of the story of the gospel. Mm. And so I said to Jim, I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could take those pictures and put it on this cube? <laughs> so Jim goes away, comes up next morning, has post-it notes all over it, scribbles. And so this right, is now it. I want you to get it where we can get yeah. in here a close-up so you can show what's So this on. is the Evangel Cube. So I'll go through it real quick, you yeah. know, because we don't have time. This is God. This is man. The Bible says that God created man, and, but sin also separated God and man. So he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And after Jesus died, he was buried in the tomb. Three days later, he rose from the dead. So now God, Jesus becomes a bridge between a sinful man and a perfect God. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And so the good news is that heaven's a free gift offered to every single one of us. And you can accept Christ and, and, and not go to a very real place called hell. And so, James, would you like to accept Jesus right now? James, because of the decision that you made, now you're reconciled with God. But God doesn't want a prayer. He wants a relationship. So there are things that we can do to grow in our relationship with God through prayer, reading the Bible, fellowship with other believers, telling the world about Christ. But God said the greatest commandment is love with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. So we developed this. God developed this yeah. in 1999. And we probably deployed five, six million of angel cubes equipping <laughs> believers to go out and share the gospel. And so, again, it was a tool that the Lord used in my life and other people's lives to be able to go share the gospel. 
I want you to tell us about, this is bees. This is a, a different kind of a hive. Right. That you're telling me, because most of the hives, they, they have them, uh, you know, where you got the layer, they go up, right. up and down like this. But this one is stacked. This particular type of bee, he stacks the color. You know what's cool about this bee? Right. He is a stingless bee. Oh, no stinger. God, increase his number. <laughs> and make us some Christians like that in our churches. Better stingers. And I think we're going to have some pictures that they can show, you know, to be able to see these little stingless bees. So okay. last Wednesday, um, again, at, with Prestonwood, I went down with Josh Rolf, who's the missions pastor. We left Dallas at noon on Wednesday and flew down to uh, the Amazon. And so um, on Thursday afternoon, we met with a beekeeper um, who was Catholic. And he had about 45 hives of the stingless bees. And so he was so proud to show them. And are they the ones the, that stack like this? That stack the, like the cone? this. Okay. Yeah, and so you would open it up and the, and the queen was in there. Um, and so. And he, this is actually one of them. This right? is they one of those. I, I took it from him. But the bees aren't in this one, so we're safe. <laughs> well, but they're stingless anyway. Uh, this could have Africanized in it. Oh, oh okay. excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> and so, um, so we went down there. So, that, so what we're doing in the Amazon is in partnership with Prestonwood this week. There's about 7,000 uh, kids in VBS. And so we uh, put together a Nature Nates honey bottle like this with a special label that talks about the bee project down there in the Amazon. And so these little kids are raising money to help buy beehives. Isn't that great? And the beehives are going to be given to the seminary down there. And so um, Nature Nates, we're matching whatever the kids raise, we'll match it. And then we're going to go down and we're going to buy 500 beehives with a local seminary down there in the and, Amazon. And they can raise money through they that. They can raise money and be able to provide for that. And so they're going to take these beehives and they're going to go to these villages and they're going to ask if they can put the beehives in the community to be able to pollinate and, and get the nectar from the local vegetation. Mm. So it's going to create an economic connection for them. That's correct. And it's going to create relationships so they can go out and go share the gospel. <laughs> so it's, it's, you know, it's a beehive and it's honey. But man, it's the advancement. Tell them of the how you use a witness on this because bees have an, an entry. To, to use yeah, so, how you uh, did this. So bit. on normal beehives, there's a big space across the bottom, and bees are coming and going. You know, lots of them at a time. But this little hole right here, that's the only way in. And so a bee stands guard looking out. When another bee comes in, that bee takes off and he goes in. And so there's one way into that hive. And so I was talking to that beekeeper, and so I asked him, I said, um, what, what do you think it takes to get to heaven? And he says, oh, you just have to do the good things and, you know, make sure you're pursuing God but doing the good works. And, <laughs> and I asked him, I said, you know, um, how many ways are there in that beehive? And he looked at me, he goes, one. And I said, that's right, right there, right? And he said, yes, yeah, just one way. And I said, do you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come to the Father but by me. And so we might think that there are a lot of ways to get into heaven, but the reality is there's one. And Jesus is it. And the way that you know that you have a relationship with him is you invite him. You accept that free gift of eternal life. And, man, he was tracking with it and going like that. And, and so we, we shared the gospel with him right there. He didn't accept Christ, but, man, he had an opportunity to hear a presentation. Yes, sir. You appreciate the wonderful zeal and, and the gift. And here, here's what I want all of you to understand. And I, I want you just to make it a real matter of prayer. Do you know that God has given, this, this is an entrepreneur, he's a creator. He's a wealth and opportunity creator. He meets needs. He actually fulfills legitimate desires. That's a, that's a gift God gave him. It's amazing. But see, he has these people all over the world that he gifted. Many of them don't realize God gave them that gift. They don't know that. And God gave them the gift for kingdom purpose, his purpose, not our purposes. 
okay? But here's the thing. If we would pray that people would come to understand the great gifts that they have were given for the glory of God and the benefit of all the people God loves, the neighbors that we're supposed to love, but also the great thinkers and the entrepreneurs, they need to come together for the glory of God. If bees can do what they were designed to do, why can't we create in the image of God do what God created us to do? Amen. Well, now, if you believe in the power of prayer, and you might as well believe in it because it's a fact. You can move mountains. You can move people. You can literally, literally be moved by prayer when you pray. And I frankly believe it moves God. All right, let's pray. And we need to pray the entrepreneur into the center of the will of God because they can absolutely turn things around miraculously. You know, I think the great next missionary movement is going to be in the business community. I believe that too. You know, mm-hmm. P- totally Paul wanted believe. to go to Rome because the gospel had never been brought to Rome. He shows up in Rome and the brethren met him because the gospel Probably, had already gotten yeah. to Rome right. but through through business and trade. Mm-hmm. And right now, ministries are, you know, businesses, missions is a term right now because they're all trying to figure out how you create business platforms to be able to help fund ministries and create access and Absolutely. close access countries. So, man, business, you know, I, I challenge people, look at your, your office situation as the mission field. You Absolutely. know, that woman that says, next to you, she might not ever hear the gospel if you don't share it with her. Will you say thanks to this incredible gift of God that makes his family, Patty, to the kids, everybody that works with you. And uh, check out Nate's Nature Nates, available Nature at Nates. Costco, Walmart, Sam's, Whole Foods, Market Street. <laughs> okay. And listen, I pray they all do it. And, and let's, let's really pray that God will raise up people that have a heart like you do in the gift. And then let's make that a serious prayer. You know, we've been doing something as a body of, of, of family of believers, and that is we meet legitimate needs. And the viewers of life know that we can be the miracle in somebody's life. And one of the greatest miracles is giving not only a cup of water in Jesus' name, but a well of water. I'm asking you right now to look in, and when you see a situation that's very real and know we've got a perfect answer, a perfect solution, but you have to be a part of it. See if you don't want to be. Watch closely. They say that the sure sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. For Nayor, she has no choice but to repeat her steps, even when she knows those same steps cost the life of her baby girl. Now, as she draws water yet again from the same contaminated source, she hopes this time will be different, that her older daughter won't fall ill and die the same terrible death as her baby girl. It's so hard for me to sit here and listen to her story and see such pain um, in her eyes. And it's so raw, it's so fresh. But the biggest thing is just hearing her say that all she needs is clean water. And knowing that that could have changed everything for her, like she's fully aware 
of what she needs, but she can't do anything about it. And I would love to be able to speak hope into her life and tell her that things are about to change. Indeed, change began that day as Naor prayed to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. Now her soul will never thirst again. And it's our prayer that, like so many others around the world, with your help, she will no longer thirst for clean drinking water for her family and village. Wow, that is just such a beautiful picture of love and Tammy Trent praying there and leading that precious mother to the Lord who lost her baby. Um, Tammy lost the love of her life. She lost her husband to water. Her husband drowned. And he was an almost professional swimmer. He's gone. But the love that God put in Tammy's heart has taken her around the world as well as a gifted musician and communicator and a great friend and co-labor with life. Betty, we know how that mother felt to lose a child. And uh, there's not a person watching us, not one of you, that if you could have saved our girl, you would have done it. Well, you can save the children like she was talking about by giving them a, a water well. And our goal is to give 400. And Betty, we can't do that. You and I give a well. We've asked God to let us always do that. And he just answered our prayer. That every time the missionaries say, okay, now here's our goal. Bless God, we're able to give a well. And uh, some of you can do that now. I just believe everybody doing their part, we're going to get the 400 wells we need. I do too. And I trust that you will join with us. And let's, let's give hope to these precious mothers that know that every time they go to that dirty water hole, that there's death in it. But yet, what do they do? Their babies have to have water to live very, very long. And now we have the opportunity to reach out in hope and drill the water wells and the filters. Of course, we can't get in to drill water wells. They, they offer the filters to them now. And it makes such a difference. You see such joy come on their faces. When they see that water come up out of the ground, it's like dancing in the streets. They just love it because they know what it means, especially the mothers. They know that it can save the lives of their children. Please join with us and let's make the difference. And you know, I'm confident that our viewers will. You've been so special. You're amazing. I wish I could know all of you. I wish I could hold your hand. I wish I could give you a hug. And just let you know how grateful we are that you've given so many people a chance at life. Giving them water for life while we point them to the water of life, the love of God through Jesus. This is our last week. We need to hear from every one of you. We need those of you who can drill a well to do it. They're $4,800. Or give a portion of a well. $1,200 or $2,400 and pray others join you. And I believe they will. If you can give $48 or $144, those two amounts, let me break it down for you. $48 will give 10 people water the rest of their life. $144 will give 30 people water the rest of their life. Betty mentioned the filter systems. If we can give three families their own filter, it works like dialysis. It'll take everything unclean out of the water, all contaminants, all bacteria. And we can give three families their own system for $100. That's in the areas where the terrain will not allow the drilling rigs to get in, but they're way up in those areas. They too need clean water. So they have access to contaminated water. We can give them a filter system for $100.
three families. All right, there's a level at which you could help. I want you to go online. Please see the online site or dial that number that's always there as a prayer line. Now you're turning it into a lifeline. You're going to give life on that line, water for life. Would you please right now take your bank card, go get it, go online, make the call. Please do it now. It's just so easy. You're going to get distracted in a little while, and this is the last week. So we really need your help to complete this goal, and I believe you want to do it. I believe you want to be the miracle someone is praying for and longing for, and you literally can be. So please go online or make that call, and thank you so much for doing it. We have some gifts to bless you, but you're giving the greatest gift. You're giving life. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink polluted water filled with deadly disease or perhaps die of thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can't end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in 15 nations. A gift of $48 will provide disease-free water for 10 people, $72 will provide for 15 people, and $144 will help provide clean water straight from the ground for 30 people. Please also consider an additional gift of $100 to help provide three families with water filtration kits in emergency areas where our drilling rigs are unable to reach. As our thank you, we'll send you the books Words of Jesus and Words of Healing. One contains only the words of Jesus and the other scriptures for healing in your body, mind, and soul. With your $100 gift, you can receive both hardbound and softbound editions of these scripture promise books. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request our beautiful hand-sculpted Determined Eagle Bronze. This is the last week. Please call, write, or make your gift online. I think it's really important to remind you this is the last week now. Boy, we need to hear from you. Even if you helped before, we need your help right now. This is very interesting. Why this has been sitting here? Why is this sitting here? <laughs> uh, that is actually a family heirloom. Uh, so that was given to my great-great-grandfather, Benjamin Franklin Gasway. Uh, who was the first Methodist missionary to the five Indian tribes of North America. And so he roamed with the Indians from North Texas up into Oklahoma. And so he was at Fort Sills, Oklahoma. And while he was there, Geronimo was in captivity and actually led Geronimo to the Lord. And so it was uh, a, a real honor. This is a family heirloom. And when I was in, uh, um, in high school, my great-grandmother came and talked to my Texas history class and talked about going across the Red River in a covered wagon <laughs> and the dangers of that. So it's really a, a great legacy for our family. I think that's yeah, exciting. That's awesome. And I, I'm supposed to be Comanche. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, the Comanches were fierce. And Geronimo was also, he was one of the great leaders. And I had heard that he accepted Christ. And to know that it was your great, great, Benjamin Franklin Gallagher. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, great, great. Isn't that great? Yeah. You're going to say thank God and about a wonderful testimony. And I would love for every Native American, every Indian to fall in love with Jesus. This one has. God bless all of you. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sharing life today. Thanks for giving life.
I don't know what losses you've been through, but I encourage you to pour out your pain to the Father who loves you. Sheila Walsh, tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.